what was an undeniably redonkulous 2022 rookie season, Seattle Mariners center fielder Julio Rodriguez batted 824, hit 79 home runs, racked up 312 RBIs, and stole 226 bases. Okay, that's a, that's a slight exaggeration, but Rodriguez did become the first player in Major League history to whack 25 home runs and steal 25 bases in his rookie year, so it's little wonder that card collectors are pretty psyched about the man they call J-Rod. From Collecting Central, CSG recently bestowed a grade of 10, a 10 people a 10, to a J-Rod Topps Chrome Logofractor Rose Gold Parallel 1 of 1, making it worth approximately, well, let's just say it's a good chunk of change. It's cards like this, and it's players like this, that make you want to collect this. Welcome to Collect This, powered by CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. Here's your host, Alan Goldscher. Matt Musico, editor of Elite Sports in New York. Give me one word, one word to describe Julio Rodriguez, then a few words to elaborate as to why that you chose that one word. Uh, well, I'll have to go with electric. Ooh. And, you know, you think about this kid. He made his big league debut as a 21-year-old, which already doesn't happen very often. And before he even got to the majors, the highest level of pro ball he played was double-A in 2021. And even while he was there, he only played in 46 games. So... For the Mariners, the focus over the last two decades have been, when are we going to get back to the postseason? Mm -hmm. And to put some context behind that, before they made it in 2022, the last time they qualified for October baseball was 2001, which Mm -hmm. was Ichiro's rookie season. And Ichiro's like a million years old now. So (laughs) uh, is it it a coincidence that the Mariners break the game's longest postseason drought during Julio's rookie year? I think that's pretty doubtful. Uh, Pete, Pete Lacombe, you are a collector extraordinaire. And you just landed yourself a really, really, really nice uh, J-Rod card. Give me one word, one word to describe Rodriguez. And as Matt did, please elaborate. Sure. I think Matt and I were thinking along the same lines. I went with flash, Mm -hmm. Um, both, you know, I'm thinking flashing of tools. Um, He plays with a lot of flash. Um, You know, he's just a very dynamic player. And I think that that's why people are getting excited about him. Um, You know, especially considering coming up, I think that there were questions about the hit tool. There was questions about the defense. And I think throughout the course of the year, you really saw both of those really take some steps forward. So I think a lot of the excitement is people sort of taking that step back and saying, geez, is this guy the next guy? Matt, I'm going to throw some numbers at you. He's 21 years old, slash line 284, 345, 509, 28 dingers, 25 stolen bases, which as I mentioned up top, first time a rookie has had a 25-25 in Major League history and 75 RBIs. That's great stuff. Would you consider him a five-tool player? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, I mean, he could beat you in so many different ways. And I think that's part of the reason why the Mariners didn't waste any time in locking this guy up for the rest of the decade, pretty much. (laughs) So, um, I mean, when we think about, you know, the types of performances that rookies have had uh, in in Major League Baseball, you think of like Nomar Garcia Parra in 2007, Chris Young in in 1997, Chris Young in 2007, Mike Trout in 2012. Mm -hmm. You know, these are these types of guys, especially on offense, you know, they can beat you with the power. They 
can beat you with the stolen bases. And, you know, and Julio is one of those guys that just kind of fits right into that little small, small exclusive group. So, I mean, uh, he's definitely, I would call him a five, two player. And like you said, he's only 21 years old. He's still at least four or five, maybe even six years before he hits his physical prime. So, you know, it's, it's similar to those guys like Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna where they're already great and they're already like an, an elite player in the game. And for Julio, he's had, I think less than a full year's worth of games under his belt. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just going to get better as you would think, you know, with the way he stays healthy and learns things, his, the wisdom will catch up to the physical skills and everything will kind of come to a point at some point within the next few years. And, you know, we feel like you seem like this could maybe be one of his floors. Maybe he just goes up from here. Who knows? Um, he did play uh, 132 games, and considering he got 28 and 25 in just 132 games, as a relatively slender, relatively slender 21-year-old, played some really good outfield. Also, that's pretty special. Uh, Pete, one thing we talked about before we came on the air is uh, going back to the electric and the flash aspect. Um, Rodriguez is kind of like a next-gen guy that I think will be the kind of personality, not just player, but kind of personality who will suck in uh ambivalent or non-existent baseball fans right um i put him up there with you know fernando tatis jr with la guerrero um as guys who break the mold break the strong silent mold uh and this is no slight to aaron judge because i love me some aaron judge uh but he's more of like a throwback he's more of the strong silent uh clean cut guy who you know doesn't show that excitement and i'm not dissing it but please do not get me wrong i love aaron judge i think he's just been a blast to watch he's made this year right for me he's made this season but for collectors pete does this charismatic vibe that rodriguez and all these other young guns uh spew out does that make them more attractive to collectors or is it strictly what happens on the field I think it's both. And I think there's a couple other things. I mean, that's always the million dollar question, right? You see that every day. Why doesn't this guy get more love in the hobby? Look at how this guy's doing. Why doesn't his cards go for 10 times as mm-hmm. much? And and I think it, it so those are kind of the two big pieces, I think. I think like like Matt was talking about, here's a you know potential five tool talent. So from an electricity side, it gets people excited. He's charismatic. Um, people love the enthusiasm. People get caught up in that. I think the one of the other things that Matt mentioned from a, a long-term standpoint is going to be interesting. The fact that he signed that extension, mm-hmm. I think that there's an element of this where if you get a guy who spends all or most of his career with one team, I think that that really has a 100%, lot of impact 100%. on that long-term value. Yeah. So, you know, when you see a team make that commitment and then you're thinking, geez, you know, uh, tops uh, 2037 card is going to probably also be in a Mariners <laughs> uniform. Um, you know, the only thing that he's missing is the uh, is the semi-famous or famous father baseball player. There's no, uh, there's no Dante Bichette or Vlad Sr. So, but I think we'll let it slide. So, inter- and I like what you said, Pete, about um, staying with one team, right? Um, I don't think Tom Brady's value has gone down in the hobby, but definitely people are given kind of a side eye to him since he went to Tampa Bay. Um, but then you look at a Steph Curry, who is a, he, he's, he's approaching the Mount Rushmore, 
He's approaching the Mount Rushmore of, of modern athletes for collectors. Uh, and I think part of it is because you got that homegrown Warriors team. They stick together. He's a great dude. Uh, and, you know, Rodriguez might be that guy. So, Pete, I have never pulled a fancy, fancy card like that, right? Never. Not even close. Like, uh, if you ever see any of my breaking videos, it's garbage. Garbage card, garbage card, garbage card, garbage card. It's ridiculous. You pull. Tell us what card it is and tell us how you got it and tell us, did your head explode when you opened up the pack? <laughs> For sure. This is funny. Uh, I was telling my wife, Rachel, about this, and this is like the My Lottery Dream Home portion of the interview where it's like, <laughs> tell us about when you bought that scratch ticket. Uh, so... Yeah, I same thing. Like I've never obviously pulled anything close to this. And I'm a baseball collector pretty much exclusively. Um, it's within that sort of flagship realm. So I saw, you know, I it's funny getting back into the hobby after being a collector when I was younger. Um, there's so many different releases and trying to figure out like, hey, what do I want to buy? I had joined um, this card purchaser Discord group where people something comes out like this and the Topps logo fractor. I'm sure I should probably, I forgot to mention what the card was. Yeah. I? Mention it. Man, I did mention up top, <laughs> but I would like you to gush about it. <laughs> it's the 2022 Topps Chrome logo fractor, uh, Julio Rodriguez, one of one rose gold. Variant. So I'm assuming that anybody listening to this, like all of those words make sense. I've had a heck of a time explaining this to like the general population, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> like an, an aunt, like, all right, all right, here's what this thing is. Uh, but, joining this discord group it kind of helped me sort of you know people in real time are chopping up a box gets released and you're like okay what's in this thing you know and with this tops logo fractor release the fact that they had the short print rookies in there um i was like oh okay this seems pretty reasonable they're only selling them on the tops website and at the mlb store so mm -hmm. uh there aren't that many of them i'll buy a few of these things it'll be fun to open it's in the chrome brand i like that um so uh yeah and i knew what i was looking for so it was just that moment where you open a pack card is backwards you're like that's always a good sign and i see julio rodriguez and i'm thinking oh this is incredible this is one of the short print rookies you mm -hmm. know this is kind of what i was hoping to get out of this thing and then i turn it over and see the color and you know it's just that moment where i think i had a semi blackout where i there's probably a good seven <laughs> seconds missing from my life where i saw the card and the next thing i know is in the dining room i don't know what happened in between there i hope uh -huh. that i didn't squeeze it too hard well, you clearly didn't because it did get graded a 10. Yeah. How great is that? <laughs> did you get it um, from in, in person at the MLB store or did you uh, order it online? Ordered from the website. Okay. Ordered uh, from tops.com. Yeah. So just like, uh, just like a regular average dude, they show up. Uh, in the mail and like, ah, let's get into these things and see what's in there. Um, we don't want to comment on what the value of the card could be because we're not a speculative podcast, but sure. It could be a, a neat little thing, Matt, especially considering that I think Julio's future is pretty darn bright. What might we see from him very specifically on the field in the coming years? Because the Seattle team is a pretty veteran team, right? Most of their best players are late 20s, early 30s. Um, he's kind of the, uh, the, the main young buck over there. Can they build around him? Is he the kind of player that can carry a team like single-handedly into a, a significant postseason run? Or 
is he a flash in the pan? And I ask that in part because I'm curious uh, as a baseball watcher, but I'm also curious as a collector as to whether he is the kind of guy, as we were talking about, who has the combination of personality and, um, uh, I guess, uh, talent slash potential that will make him a good long-term investment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thinking about what he has moving forward, I mean, obviously, we we talked about it already. The Mariners made this huge um made this huge investment on him already as it is. And it was a very unique contract. I don't remember all the specifics, but I think it had some kind of like a base of like at least a couple hundred million. And then it could like escalate up to like 400 million or something like that, depending on his performance. So, I mean, obviously when you think of his trajectory into the major leagues, it hasn't been very long. He's 21. He's been in pro ball for, you know, two or three years overall. He's only got 130 plus games under his belt. But yet this team made this kind of commitment to him. So clearly they know something they've seen things that we don't see or, or, you know, have gone through the evaluations, the analytics, and, you know, they feel confident in making, even if it ends up being on the lower end, it's still a couple hundred million dollars. So, you know, they're thinking that this guy is going to be the centerpiece. I mean, that's certainly seems like what it is. I mean, he's very much uh, going to be around for the long term, and he's going to go through probably a few different iterations of competitive and maybe non-competitive Mariners teams. And he's going to be that one uh, constant similar to like Ken Griffey Jr. was, you know, he was like that one constant throughout mm-hmm. from 89 until he got traded after the think the 99 season. So um, I think it's, I, he doesn't seem like a flash in the pan. And again, I don't think a team would make that kind of investment if they also thought like, well, oh, well, he might, he may be good. He may not be good. Let's just give him a couple hundred million dollars and see what happens. You know, they don't make, especially front offices in these days, they don't make those kind of decisions yeah. that way. Uh, they want to try and lock in the, even, even with that huge investment, they're seeing it as, okay, we think we could, this can still be a value for us uh, with the type of value that he can put together. So, I mean, you know, moving forward, he didn't, he played 130 plus games. He didn't hit a home run at all in April in, in the games that he played in April either. So uh, he actually got off to a pretty slow start. This is the kind of guy that could be like a 30, 30 threat mm. year in and year out based mm. off of how young he is, how well he's already performed. And, you know, uh, in 2021, when he was in the minors, he showed really, really good plate discipline. So again, similar to like someone like Juan Soto, uh, and we've already seen the comparisons of Juan Soto to Ted Williams and things like that. And not making those kinds of comparisons yet, but it'll be interesting to see how Julio is able to use this experience of being in the big league so young and then adjust in 2023 when the league tries to figure out how to get him out mm-hmm. and then going on from there as well, too. So if he has that basis and good plate discipline, I mean, geez, we saw he did in the home run derby, hit 80, 81 home runs or whatever, whatever it was. The power is there. So, I mean, he could definitely be that 30, 40 homer threat, even while playing in Seattle. Uh, I think an uh, interesting point you make is he did all of this in 132 games and he didn't have any home runs in April. So if you're positing that he could be a 30-30 dude and he plays 150 games and hits a couple home runs in the spring, 30-30 is like eminently reachable. Pete, before I let you guys go, before I let you uh, drool over your car, well, don't drool on it because it's going to be worth <laughs> some, some money at some point in your life. Um, give me a bold prediction for for Julio, uh, and in your case, both on the field and in the hobby. Oh, um, I so you said bold. So bold. my bold prediction was going to be that he wins more than one ring in Seattle. Whoa, that's bold. 
I, it, it, it feels like they're on the cusp of contention if they have an aggressive offseason. Pokin, Matt, does Seattle have a good farm system? Um, I believe they do. Uh, and like what what Pete said about um, having an aggressive offseason, if there's one thing Jerry DePoto likes to do in the front office, it's be aggressive. He mm. likes to make deals, make trades, pay for players like like there's been a big push and he's been around. I don't even know. He's probably been around for at least five or six years, probably more than that, trying to get this team back to the postseason now that they got a taste of it and even advanced past the wild card round. I don't think they're going to be stopping anytime soon. So, I mean, I don't think it's, it's not one of the best. I think it's probably like middle, middle of the pack, if I'm remembering correctly, but um, that's not going to stop them from trying to compete for sure. Pete, uh, give me your bold prediction for Julio in the hobby. Like if someone uh, else pulls a one-on-one, how excited will they be? I can tell them that they'll be pretty excited. <laughs> and my bold, my my bold prediction is that he is going to kind of take the baton from Trout as sort of the next kind of, uh, baseball. You know, the kind of the focal point of the baseball card collecting industry for a period of time. And for context, there, um, last summer there was a million dollar card, uh, a million dollar Mike Car- Trout card. Easy for me to say. Sold. Um, there have been multiple high six figure cards, uh, and that is a bold statement. Uh, Matt, take us home uh, with your bold prediction. Well, I'm not typically a bold prediction kind of dude, but what I will do here is give you a little a uh, little comparison. So we'll compare what Julio did his his uh, rookie year with Ken Griffey Jr. Ooh, so. Um, <laughs> So Julio, obviously 21-year-old, first year in the big leagues, 130, 132 games, 853 OPS, 146 WRC+, plus, 5.4 F4, with those 28 homers and 25 stolen bases. Griffey's rookie season was actually pretty, pretty similar. He was 19 years old in 1989 when he debuted, played 127 games, so actually pretty close sample size. Griffey had a 748 OPS, 106 WRC plus, and 2.5 F4 with 16 homers and 16 stolen bases. So uh, when Julio was going through this year, there were some comparisons to Ken Griffey Jr. because he was kind of performing at a much higher level than Griffey was. Mm -hmm. This is not to say that he's going to be, you know, a near unanimous Hall of Famer at this point, but (laughs) we can already see the sky is already the limit for this kid. And he's being compared to one of the greatest baseball players we've ever seen in this most recent generation. Um, That that's that could be has the makings of being pretty special, I think. Great kid, great player, great for the hobby. Uh, Pete Lacombe, Matt Musico, thank you guys so much for coming on and gushing about uh, one of the great young stars of the uh, of the baseball world. Thanks, thank guys. you very much. Whether it's a 1986 Michael Jordan Fleer rookie card, a Tom Brady playoff contenders rookie card from 2000, or, I don't know, a Marv Throneberry card that came out of a post cereal box in 1963, and yes, that's a thing. Certified Sports Guarantee will grade your sports cards quickly and accurately. A subsidiary of Certified Collectibles Group, CSG graded over 1 million cards in its first year plus on the sports collecting scene, the fastest any grading company has hit that mark. The speedy turnaround times provided by the knowledgeable, passionate team of expert sports car graders will make your CSG experience smooth, efficient, and most importantly, fair. Regardless of the athlete, the sport, or the condition of your card, CSG will treat it with the love and respect it deserves. For more information about CSG, visit CSGcards.com. That's CSG, your go-to sports card grading company.
We hope you enjoyed Collect This, powered by CSG. Collect This was hosted, written, produced, engineered, and scored by Alan Goldscher. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at collectthis at csgcards.com. 